Right outside of Sears Point in Sonoma, California, I'm Schmitty and this is Talkin' Schmidt. It's our 60th episode. So, what do I do? I think about who I know that's 60 years old. And that brings us to our next guest, Joe Fong. Joe grew up in San Francisco and has been skating since the late 60s. He skated Bombora Pipe. He hung with all the heavy hitters and even tested the early stages of developing the first independent truck. From the early days at Jungle Bowl all the way to the present at Petrero, Joe has seen it all and fondly remembers 20 years back when he turned 40. There was one time I walked on the track magic. I was all happy. I go, hey, Fausto, I just turned 40. He goes, he goes, so fucking what? Also, are you like me? Do you love coffee? Do you also love to support your friends and or things that help you get through the week? Well, why not head over to TalkinSchmidt.com and pick up a t-shirt, damn it. We even got beanies, stickers, car air fresheners, or whatever it is that makes you smile. Because seriously, when I see that support, I smile. Okay, with that being said, let me pass the mic over to today's special guest for episode 60. This is Joe Fong, and you're listening to Talkin' Schmidt. It's cool, like tonight is the night. Here we go again. Just give it the old car's turn, isn't it? Uh, big dogs in. Schmitty. 96 times, Schmitty. Thanks, Schmitty. We on? Schmitty. Talking Schmidt. That's called going to the hospital, bitch. I can <laughs> shit my pants. Your Rolodex is fucking deep. I don't give a fuck about your fucking multi-million dollar numbers. Who is this guy who thinks he's tough shit? What's up? Let's hear it for Greg Smith. My producer hits me up the other day and says, Hey, I got a text message from this guy who just turned 60 years old and uh, he wants to do episode 60. And here he is, Joe Fong. San Francisco, baby. Yeah. Hometown. So stoked to have you here. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Uh, Let's give a little background information for people that maybe, you know, get caught up on you. Um, You were born and raised in the city or? Yeah, I was born and raised in the city, uh, uh, my parents, they came from uh, China in 1955, and I was born in 59. They were living in uh, Chinatown, so I was born in the uh, Chinatown Hospital in San Francisco. How cool. We lived like right uh, next door to the YMCA on, on uh, Sacramento Street, going up the hill, yeah. you know, towards the Fairmont Hotel. My dad, he was so fortunate. When he first came here, he got a job at the Fairmont Hotel, and he started making desserts for them. And my mom, she ended up getting a job. And she worked at a typical sweatshop, but we lived in that studio. So we lived there for a year and a half, and then they found a, a big uh, apartment on the bottom of uh, Lombard Street, oh, like nice. one block below the Crooked Street there. And I think we were there for like two years. And somehow, uh, my mom and dad bought the three-unit building over on 24th and San Bruno over there, right near the freeway 101, Yeah, right near Petrero. So where the Buena Vista school is now, that that school used to be called uh, Start King. Oh, I didn't know that. And then where the the kids' uh, little playground at Petrero del Sol there, uh-huh. that was a Borden's uh, Milk Company. Wow. So that whole park there, that was the whole milk company 
that owned that whole whole lot before there was even a park before there was no yes how neat wow so you've just seen that whole place evolve through the farm and then Petro skate park and then yeah, now the, the farm that, like just came way after yeah i mean you know they they demoed it and it was just sitting around for so long how cool yeah but uh, the thing is when we were younger kids when the trucks came by our older neighbors they would open the back end of the truck because they they never had locks and they would just grab the five gallon ice cream barrels out of there oh. and they would just hand it to us and we just you know grab a couple and just you nice. know, we would shear it take it home and cut it in half yeah so it could fit in our freezer <laughs> so but you know we would do it once a week and you know people came from Petrol hill came down to to steal a lot of you know purses from the ladies you know when they when they're coming home from work mm-hmm. you know i seen all that crime you know the ladies getting knocked down and i was just a young kid but just to see that Right. You know, I remember all that. What age did you kind of, like, figure out that you wanted to get a skateboard? Well, when we lived on 24th Street, my brother, uh, he was like a jack-of-all-trades when he, you know, came to America. I mean, he was young, but he made a wooden, uh, a little uh, shoebox, and he was like a little hustler. He would go to uh, Marcus Street, and he would buff shoes. I asked him a long time ago, but uh, I think he told me he used to get, like, a dime to brush brush some of your shoes. This is like in the, you know, wow. you know, way back. So yeah, yeah. Well, and he had all kind of like brushes and men's or women's shoes. Okay. So, but what happened is, uh, he had uh, some roller skates with the steel uh, wheels with the yep. adjustable ones that you could adjust to your tennis shoe. He mounted one on a, a two by six, and back then my mom like made all my clothes. I had a total bow haircut. <laughs> I mean, straight across my forehead. And uh, uh-huh. someone in my family took the photos. And what happened was I had like four or five good shots of me standing on the board. And I gave it to KT. And On the you know, two by six? Yes. Wow. I had suspenders on, a no plaid way. shirt. Damn, we got to I go, see KT. I go, you know, do you still have my photos? He goes, I don't know where they are. Oh. So, I mean, they were like four... You know, pictures that were like four by four, black and whites. Uh-huh. Was that early 70s then? Oh, no. This is like, you're talking like 65 or 66. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. But, you know, I was just standing on the board. I had some black shiny shoes on. Were there it, other people doing similar things like taking the uh, roller skate, uh, I guess you'd call them trucks, and putting them on a two by four? Well, at that time when we were younger like I said, my brother, he's like a person that he's just like to work with his hands with tools and stuff. And, okay. Uh, so actually right on 24th and San Bruno, you know where the hus- General Hospital parking lot is? Yeah. That used to be the, the Muni station where they did all the mechanical work. Oh. So we would go there and ask those guys for the huge bearings. And we had these big roller coaster that we made out of wood and stuff. And uh, uh. the hill that goes down to Petrero on San Bruno, we used to race down that hill. Oh. Yeah, so... How cool. And my brother built one. He had, like, you know, light blue with red flames, and it was it was called the Ramrod. <laughs> and, you know, it was so neat. I mean, it's so aerodynamic and... And what age are you around? Then I was, like, uh, around six years old. I was born in 59. Oh. So... So you're, like, still super young. Oh, super young. Uh-huh. So that was back in 65, and I didn't really skateboard our neighbors. We were always on our bicycles or big wheels or, sure. you know, playing football on the street, blocking the the whole street and stuff. But uh, uh, in 68, my dad was leaving work, and uh, 
from the Fremont Hotel. He was on the way home on the cable car, and he uh, the cable car crashed into a I guess a big rig. They were unloading stuff, oh. and the cable car crashed in yeah to the big rig, and my dad and like six other people got killed. No way! In the accident back in '68. Oh, I didn't know. So that. I was like you know nine years old. Jesus! So it hit our family. Heavy. You know, yeah, yeah, pretty heavy. And my sister, she was in Houston for the World Fair. And, you know, we had to let her know. And, you know, it just sort of blew her away, you know. Oh, yeah. So we had to deal with that. And Did you have an older brother? So, uh, yep. My older brother, he uh, he actually got uh, getting ready to get drafted. Oh, right. You know, to Vietnam. So they found out, you know, he he told them that, hey, my dad passed away. So he goes, well, you don't have to go anymore. Okay. So... He sort of, you know, stayed behind and yeah. you know, watched the family. Sure. So, so my mom had to go through all that. I remember, you know, she would just cry for the next month and a half. And you know, I was a young kid, but but what's amazing is I remember all the the Chinese restaurants that he took me to in Chinatown. I mean, you know, where I sat at that place, or you know, whatever he used to take me to the zoo. You know, when Flyshacker's pool was there, but you know, all the water was out of there. Because oh. they closed it, you know, way, you know, way back already. Uh-huh. So, oh, but I, I just remember, you know, those and. Do you but yeah, I lost my dad and. Fuck. So that was yeah pretty heavy. I didn't know that. So my mom, they were filing a lawsuit, and so the city just paid off everyone. I'm not sure if it was much, but my mom was smart enough to buy, a, you know, another property like two years later. Okay. Yeah, out on 25th Avenue. 25th. Yeah, she ended up buying that. F- you know, back in 71. Real estate's always the way to go. Yeah, so, yeah, she was smart to do that. Okay. So. And you're in, like, grammar school on this time? Uh, no. So in the early uh, 70s, when, when when I moved over there, I was going to Horseman Junior High on Valencia and uh, near 24th Street. So I told my mom, I go, you know what, I'm, I'm going back to Horseman. So I end up catching the bus, you know, to go to Horseman Junior High. Okay. And, but I was, I was really active in the sports and baseball and soccer. I grew up in the mission playing soccer. And I, you know, learned to play so well that uh, when I went to junior high and high school. Were you playing on the team? I was a starter. When oh. I first got in the mission high, Sick. we won the championship. Oh. But I found out that they already played four championships already. So I was there for three years and we won three more. No way. And wow. what, and what was great was uh, I scored the last goal out of the seven-year championship yeah, Damn. You know, on my senior. How cool. Uh, yeah, so, but you know what? Tell you the truth, that soccer got me, got me out of trouble. I was, away, I was away from drugs, and yep. by the time I got into skateboarding, my legs are so powerful. From the soccer, oh, running soccer. around. Oh, yeah, my God. You're in good shape. But I was still thin, but yeah. I would have the energy to... Well, let's get into the skateboarding. What uh, what was like your f- introduction to like really a real skateboard? Did you get like a plastic one? When the family moved over to 25th Avenue, uh huh. I was really in the BMX. So yeah, we all were. I was riding for a Balboa Cyclery, and we were like the top team in San Francisco. Oh, sick! And we would go all over, you know, and, and, and race? have races and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like down to Hollister and stuff. Oh God, we went. From, yeah, from San Jose to L.A., San Diego. Oh, all over. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. So, you know, there was a lot of uh, races later on, and so they had a park over at McLaren Park. So we start racing there, and uh, 
pretty much, uh, yeah, I was hanging out at the beach and, you know, I think I had enough of that, that BMX. And so uh, there was a wise uh, surf shop on Balboa Street. Uh huh. And, you know, I always used to cruise by there and I go, hey, there's some skateboards there. So they had like a fiberglass board and so I ended up getting one of those that had Cadillac wheels. So like with, Hobie or something maybe? Yeah, th- as a matter of fact, it was Hobie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. And that loose ball bearings, you know, uh-huh. those wheels were so smooth. You know, I just couldn't believe, you know, oh, yeah. compared to the other, you know, I rode, you know, some other skateboards before, but but that was the first one that I purchased, actually. Huh. It was a little treat. And uh, all of a sudden, somebody said, my friend, uh, his name, uh, his nickname was uh, Bill the Pill. So he was a, you know, surfer. And he goes, Joe, I know where there's a, a empty pool. Jungle Bowl. And it was Jungle Bowl. No way. He took me down to the Jungle Bowl. So sick. Uh, over on Octavia. Octavia, lower. Yeah, on the lower. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was way down. It was like two blocks away from City Hall. Yeah. And the thing was, there were just certain times of the year in the city over there. I mean, it was like 80 degrees and this pool was like in the backyard. It was like sort of hidden. So it was hotter than hell. <laughs> right. You know, back there. And uh, I go, this is insane. You know. Were there magazines out and stuff? Like, had you seen people skating pools at that time? At the time, you, you know, I, I take it back. It's not my first pool because I skated a a pool with my friend's board. It was in Marin County called Paul Daly's. Oh, okay. So I seen these rippers there. I go, oh, my God, these guys are insane. Yeah. And so what happened was I, I met uh, Kim Cespedes and Greg Cespedes. Oh. And John Malvino. Oh, sick. I mean, these guys... At the, that pool? At that pool. Okay. This guy named uh, Dan, he was like a total ripper. He was like doing grinds in like a four-foot vertical, ten-foot pool. Fuck. You know, but thing was, I I had this little Hopi board. I mean, I went up two feet. I mean, I was stoked when I carved. Sure. And especially with that loose ball bearings. And later on, you know, I would just, I go, man, we have to go back. Uh-huh. This is insane. And. How would you get there? Samtrans. Really? Yes. Wow. So I think the next time I went back, Tony Guerrero, you know, I told him, I go, hey, you want to go check out a pool? You knew Tony already? Y- yes. Oh. Yeah, I, I knew Tony already. From what, the neighborhood? Or how'd you meet? Well, yeah, from the neighborhood, because I knew uh, Michael Brown, the former mayor of San Francisco, Willie Brown, his son. Yeah. Like, after school, we would all go to Michael's house. Because, because he had a Atari, you know, game back then. And uh-huh. and everybody just go there. and we was, He was the guy with the video games. Yeah, video games and stuff. and Some snacks. Oh, some <laughs> snacks. And by the end of the day, you know, Michael's mom, Blanche, she was just so generous to all of us. And you know, Tony would hang out there too? Yeah, Tony would go. and Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so pr- pretty much I asked Tony. I go, hey, let's go check out a pool. You know, I'd known Tony, you know, not too long. But, he, you know, he when he rode on the bus, he was telling himself, he goes fuck where is this guy taking me to and you know he i told him you know we're going to a pool but it was way over in san anselmo <laughs> and uh when he's seen it he just freaked out but fuck. tony always brings up the subject he'll tell people at parties and stuff he goes yeah joe fong took me to this pool yeah and he goes fuck i you thought he was gonna, gonna kidnap that. my ass <laughs> yeah you never forget your first pool fuck. yeah so so yeah i skated that the paul daly's pool and I, that was my first pool. But then the second pool was a uh, jungle, jungle bowl. bowl. Yeah. And that became a staple in San Francisco for a while. 
Yeah, the, you know, we we kept it low key. I mean, it was hidden. Uh huh. I mean, but what was it? An abandoned house? Uh, no, actually, it was a uh, people lived there. Actually, it was uh, like a like a a fourplex. A four. And it had a big parking lot in the back. That this parking lot is like a whole nother lot for another property. Oh, so yeah. it was like a property that got tore out and they left the pool behind. Yeah, so the the, the fourplex uh-huh. had the jungle bowl. So, but next to that, it was all a vacant lot. And where do you know where it got the name Jungle Bowl? Yeah, uh, well, there's a corner store, you know, right at the Jungle Bowl there, and there used to be a lot of prostitution there. You know, we go there and get sodas, and ho- all the hoochie mamas were there standing <laughs> and say, "Hey, baby," uh-huh. you know. So, you know, we're we're just young kids, just <laughs> got right. our soda or water and got the hell out of there. <laughs> uh-huh. A bunch of you know dope dealers out there, and uh, yeah, it was so sketchy down there. You know, before the sun would go down, we would always leave. I mean, it was that bad. So th- that's why we called it the Jungle Bowl. Okay. And yeah. then later, Concrete Jungle probably got their name because it was in that up was the, w- up yeah, the that, hill. That was way after. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. So is that in the same time? How did you meet uh, Swenson and Fausto? Was that around so, that time? So, okay, what happened was, uh, yeah, so when I went to Jungle Bowl, you know, I had another board and I caught on. I just start skating. I just start ripping. I mean, this Jungle Bowl had a lot of vert, uh, vert so... I was like getting edgers and you could get up to the top at oh, this point. Yes, because the first pull you're like two feet stoked, and this one you're like progressing. Later on, I got another board and I caught on. It had seal bearings. Okay. Yeah, and uh, so the equipment w- w- helped progress oh, a lot, big time. Right. Yeah, I had a. What kind of trucks were on it at that time? Do you remember? Was it like uh, yeah, Bennett yeah, or yeah, something? no. So I had a, a Hobie wood board uh-huh. and a, a ACS five uh, hundreds. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I still have the trucks. No way. And the wheels right now at home. That rules. You know, we didn't let too many people, you know, know about it. But then, yeah, the word got around later on. And later on, you know, I, you know, I met Bryce and, you know, uh, you know, I seen Tommy, all those guys, but they didn't want to skate it because it was sort of sketchy. Uh I mean. Or the neighborhood. Yeah. yeah, And. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, so in the neighborhood, you know, we had guys like uh, Aaron, uh, Crazy John, uh, Baron. Uh huh. And uh, Bill the Pill, he's the one that told me about the pool, and so we start skating there, and yeah. So all of a sudden, I guess it was uh, like er- early 1976. I started getting all these edgers and stuff, and somebody went to the Cal Precision uh, skateboard shop on Ninth and Judah. Mm-hmm. He goes, "Oh yeah, do you guys have pools out here?" And so I was skating for Cal Precision. Yeah, Ray Myers, you know, skated for them. Uh, Baron. And uh, Ipe and Tommy and Tony Guerrero wow. yeah, skated for them. And so we ended up taking them to the Jungle Bowl. This was, I remember, December uh, 1976. You know, he did all the shots. And later on, in June uh, 1977, he showed up with a whole box of uh, magazine Skateboard World. And I had like a two-page spread in the magazine. Whoa. And he made a, he had a big article of San Francisco Cal Precision. And you had no idea that this was coming. Yes. You're just going out skating. There's a photographer. You didn't know it's like for yes. anything. Wow. So, but so How then cool. somehow Fausto seen that and he got a hold of me and said, hey, I need you to try out my trucks. So, so that's how I started 
to write Independence in 77. This is way before anybody else started, you know, write it. You know, when they had the, the opening, uh, the Hester series in Newark. Uh-huh. When Fausto brought the trucks out, I was writing the truck six, seven months before. They even announced. Yes. And do you remember, like, did Fausto, obviously he called you or, or did somebody Somehow contact you through? Somehow he reached out to me that I was at Cal Precision. Okay. And uh, do you he remember? goes, you know what, I need you to come down to the to the Navy base so I could give you some trucks. So he was already at Ermico or whatever, the naval ship In the, the shipyard, shipyard, yeah. Testing, making trucks at that time? Well, he was already making two other trucks before a Radio Stroker. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. He was making so stroke. those were in production already, Stroker, right? Yeah, they were already in production uh-huh. already. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because he used that to race down in Signal Hill. Oh yeah. yeah. Fuck. How? So do you remember that first encounter with Fausto, meeting him for the first time? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty much. I met Fausto and Eric at the same time. Same. T- okay. Yeah, and uh, they would have like different hangers and different trucks, and every time I come by, you know, he would have uh, trucks for me to try out. Because I would go to San Jose all the time to skate the pools. But what happened was uh, I started out with, uh, from 77 independent trucks. It jumped to to 88 millimeter. Uh-huh. And then to, to 109, when I started doing grinds, you know, it probably, I think it was like 131s. And then he would add an extra white axle. And we would just throw on some, some spacers just to do it without the, the actual hanger. But then, you know, later on he had it done. So. so you would get the truck and you'd go skate it and be like, we should make them a little wider. Yeah, I was giving Eric and Fausto feedbacks. Right. And and then and, you got to I, a I certain would go, length. I would go to San Jose like every two, three days and test. How rad. So what happened was I started like from a basic little barely grind. Then all of a sudden it jumped to two blocks, to four blocks, to six blocks. It was amazing just to, to be there for that. Yeah, you know, you you know, I knew Blackheart. I mean, he, he always says, "Oh, fucking Joe, I'm the first one to to ride the trucks, this and that." But he has no idea that I was getting the trucks every other day to go <laughs> down. Wow! You know, at the time Rick wasn't working for Fausto yet. He was in San Jose. Since I was in San Francisco, I had the opportunity to. Okay. Yeah. To, Did you know Rick at that time or not yet? Uh, yes, I because when I go down to San Jose, you know, I meet those guys. Uh-huh. And I sort of stayed low-key because I, I didn't want to take any, any of the city guys yet down there. And, uh, but later on, Ted Terrebone, he shot for Skateboard Magazine. Yeah, I know. And so he started working for Fausto. So Fausto had him start taking me, you know, down to San Jose, Campbell, Milpitas. Oh, and getting and photos. Manchester. Yeah, and then he said, oh, since uh, Ted's uh, shooting the ads and stuff now, I'll have him take you to go down. And was that for Stroker or? No, this was for Independent. For Independent. Yeah. Okay. And then Kevin O'Regan, yeah, he was the other test pilot. He was a young little ripper that came from L.A. Okay. He ended up living near Burlingame, you know, the skate park over there. Yeah. He was like a local kid. By Coyote Point. Yes. So. Wow. So it, that's that's where I met Don Fisher, Rick Montez, and Keith Cochran. At the Burlingame Park? Yes. You know, I was testing the trucks and stuff, and I was like a like a shy kid. Okay. But I got to the point that I was really motivated, and I just got better and better. I sort of stayed away from the street scene, but that's, this is when all the parks start showing up. Sure. You know, it had the bowls. I go, forget about the streets. Right. Because I skated in Ninth Avenue. That's how I met Tommy, Tony, Bryce, and, you know, everyone, you know. 
So then who was your crew kind of like going into there? You used to drive Bryce and them around before they had a car, right? Yeah, Bryce, Tommy, and Tony. And uh, yeah, I was uh, like the older 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 guy, guy, older brother. They had a uh, driver's license. Yeah. So what happened was uh, I remember I ended up uh, borrowing my sister's Camaro. It was a 68 Camaro. And I I put some mags on there. And what happened was uh, I put the wrong lug nuts. (laughs) (laughs) And so what happened was... Tommy, Tony, Bryce, and I, we were on the way to Farrell's Ice Cream near Ceremony on 280. Uh-huh. We were just cruising along. All of a sudden, the, the rear wheel just dropped. I mean, it fell off. What the fuck? And this, it was getting dark already, and Bryce and them goes, Oh, shit, you got rooster tails coming out. <laughs> <laughs> no way. It was so insane. Oh, it was so goddamn sketchy, man. It was... Wow. Yeah, actually, it was getting dark, and stupid me, I ran back on the freeway to grab the mag wheel, but there was no cars coming at the time, so I, I just hurry up and fine. grabbed it. Yeah, huh. so. Did you ride the trucks? Were they loose or tight, or how were how they, like, turning-wise? Well, honestly, when I was riding trucks back then, my trucks were so damn tight, I would have the bushings cranked so tight that you could barely see the bushings. Oh, really? Yeah, in the magazine. What, uh, what was the thinking there? When, when I rode pools and stuff, I would just charge, I mean, just, like, full-on full blast you know just uh-huh yeah it was full-on speed and uh yeah i was going so fast that you know my trucks didn't i felt uncomfortable with loose trucks with loser would, yeah. were, was there such thing as like wheel bites back then and stuff like did people have trucks loose enough where their wheel would hit the wood when they turned too much or whereas most people keeping them pretty tight yeah no they had spacers you know the ones that did right okay but then bob denike always said Goddamn, Joe, you're the only one that always rode tight trucks. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. That was before the mag, though. That's the 70s. So you're friends with Fausto as they're getting ready to well, open no, start after, the mag. No, the magazine, I got in the magazine uh, June of 77. But I mean for Thrasher. As Fausto and Eric are getting ready to uh, Thrasher start 81. 81, correct. So you're already super familiar with these guys probably for four or five years. Oh, my God. You know what? Fausto and Eric, they were so goddamn hardcore. You know, these guys, they just worked their ass off, man. Uh-huh. You know, at Ermaco, whatever they did, they were just on fire. They came uh, from motorcycle and building backgrounds. They were hands-on guys. Yes. they Actually, I heard Fausto was a, like a Harley a mechanic on the racing team. Right. Yeah. And then he went on to do track magic. He was yes. always, I mean, he had a hands-on approach. What was that like, though? Do you remember the vibe of, like, we're going to launch this magazine called Thrasher. Well, you know, by then, you know, I actually uh, stopped skating because the skate park, skate parks closed. Oh, it did. You know, right. In the late 70s? No, right around uh, 80, 80. 80. All the skate parks is in San Jose closed. Is that when Berlin Game closed? Yeah, Berlin Game. Okay. And, you know, this is, I already skated in down in L.A., Upland, you know, I mean, everywhere. I mean, Del, Del Mar, uh-huh. Marina Del Rey, Big O. Right. You know, I would go to all the Hester series pretty much chilling with Fausto and Eric. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget the Ron Allen. He asked me, he goes, shit, Joe, back in the day, you were always dogging me. You know, you're always with Eric and Fausto. <laughs> I go, dude, <laughs> I guess I'm, I must have had built an attitude with those dudes. <laughs> or, you, you know, like you said, you're just a reserved guy, shy that didn't say a lot, and yeah, people uh, could yeah. take that the wrong way, too. Yeah, and... But, you know, I was cool to everyone, and uh, <laughs> I was really fortunate. You know, I skated, you know, with the Blackheart, and, 
you know, the whole crew that uh, skated Los Altos pool uh-huh. and the Bombora pipe, you know, the Buck Brothers. Yeah, when when was that? When did you first find Bombora part pipe? That's like a so this guy, uh, a surfer, his name was Andy Croft. He was from Pacifica, and he was a good friend of my other friend that was a surfer. Yeah, first he turned me on to actually the first bowl, you know, DIY spot in uh, Northern California. This guy built a a bowl in uh, in Pacifica, and the guy's name was uh, Paul, and uh, yeah, he he has a house overlooking Pedro Point, uh-huh. and he built a bowl there, and I got invited. With Andy Croft and my friend Ralph, okay, he was like the Budweiser guy, and uh, yeah, he would deliver you know kegs to restaurants and stuff, and mm-hmm. you know he made a lot of trips taking me down to San Jose, and he met Blackheart and Fly, Peter Gifford, you know Scott Foss, you know Keith Meek, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, those guys, and and you know he always had the tie stick, so whenever we pulled up in his van, you see Blackheart, everybody's just running to the van. <laughs> the blood man come in okay <laughs> so, yeah some and, things uh, don't change and so so i hung out with blackheart you know you know blackheart had his crazy ass attitude and yeah you know he didn't give a shit who you were and but you know i was fortunate to be with that crew to to travel to a lot of you know diy spots and new pools and everything uh-huh and that's what got me hyped up you know just gave me more energy to the skate pools and stuff is somebody uh recognized for being the one that found Bombora, like one of the first people to skate it? Yeah, nobody, because ever, yeah, nobody not, ever said. It's kind of hidden. Like, you can't see it from the road or nothing. Oh, there's no way you can see it. Yeah, so it's, yeah. like, pretty crazy. It must have been someone that lived in that area, maybe. So, pretty much right now, if you try to go there, the, the area is, tr- you know, no trust, you know, trespassing. Yeah, exactly. It's all fenced off. and Right. I heard and this, it's full of dirt, too. Yeah, I heard it's, like, you know, almost, like, halfway up. Yeah. Yeah. God, I would love to empty it out but yeah we were fortunate you know to skate at los altos pool uh-huh and we would go to bombora pipe you know i have pictures of tommy seemed like he's only like three feet tall but the thing was huge it was and the whole thing foot. was cleared out it was cleared out it was skatable all the way like, under the six lanes i of mean what six, a seven dream of, that is oh my goodness the best wheel back then was the Tunnel Rocks. They were the really hard, big wheels. Uh-huh. You could get way up there. Okay. But if you try to ride anything else, you know, you, you just had to work. You know, the key is hard. running up as high as you can to get your start. Like, I've yeah, gone to get, Glory get Hole before. Yes. It's the same thing, a huge pipe, and you're like, this is a workout. You talk about working out. That's Yeah, so those days when we skated Los Altos and the pipe, we would go to the Belmont Drop. You know, that was like our last spot before we come back to the city. Man, yeah. and we called it the spillway. That was the, the sp- first place I ever skated because I got my skateboard at 41st at Ghost Skate right oh, down okay. the street, and they're like, right up the, the spillway. No <laughs> yeah. Right on. Yeah. So it's funny because Bryce was calling it the Belmont Drop. I was like, yeah, that was, that was I never our name. knew that. We always <laughs> yeah. called it the spillway. Yeah, so I've skated so many pools in the Bay Area. For instance, like, uh, you know, where the Berkeley Vert Ramp is now, right across the street, they had the blind school. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Wade had the cover. Yeah, Wade, there. I, I I skated with Wade over there too. Sick. <laughs> back in the day, yeah. Hell but yeah. I was out of the scene, but I still went back and skated. Uh-huh. And he was just killing it. No way. Oh yeah. Yeah. Up in Oakland they had the, the Blood Bowl and yep. we skated the Thrasher Pool in San Leandro. That was like a huge teardrop. I have pictures of that. Oh wow. And that was like six foot. And why was that the Thrasher Pool? That was the name of the park. 
Oh, Thrasher Park. Because now they have Thrasher Skate Park in San Leandro. And it's in the park. It's in the same park? The same park. Oh. The same location. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. How cool. I love so, learning all this. Sh- yeah. these little... Was there anything else like Bombora that was kind of like a natural spot in this area that was skatable back then that maybe is not around now or something? Uh, Just pools? Well, I mean, you know, we end up, they start building parks uh, in Sacramento, Sierra Wave, and, and then Guy Grundy, he built the park the same time as, uh, you know, Sierra Wave. And it was so sketchy. I think they... They spent so much money and it was just sitting around and it never it op- never opened. Oh really? Yes. Okay. And so, Did, so there were some pipes, you know, that were up there in sack. In sack, yeah. Okay. And yeah, you would think there's lots of water up there. Yeah, and you know all the tunnel guys, you know Blackheart, Buck Brothers, and you know Weston, Steve Weston, you know they were uh, there and uh, you know skating, so they always. You know, so I was with that crew. So wherever they went, I'm with them. Sure. Yeah. So how cool. Yeah. Did you pick up on? Was there animosity? Was there like this group doesn't like this group and that kind of shit back then, or was everybody like skaters or skaters? No, no, it was like San Jose no, hated it was San hardcore. Francisco or no, something. No, it was like, like you know, Cab. He was a younger kid. Tommy. Uh huh. Nobody didn't want to deal with Blackheart back then. Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, Blackheart. But I think he got the. Before they even had contests, he already got uh, you know kicked out of the park because oh. he snuck in. <laughs> I think he snuck in or didn't wear safety gear, and so you know after all the pester series they had, you know Blackheart never got to skate there. But Fausto respected him. He was the guy that yeah he was became the, guy. the oh, first no. indie oh Blackheart team he, manager and everything yeah like representing indie oh no doubt oh no he was Blackheart was no doubt the hardcore of NorCal. Uh, he was the man, uh-huh. you know, skating pools, pipes, and and did him and Fausto get along, or did they butt heads? Because when uh, by the time I came around, they were butting heads. But back then, when Blackheart was in his prime, I could see it being maybe well, a little you know different. What? Nobody had it easy with Fausto and Eric. I'll tell you that oh, right okay. now, because I've known them for yeah. too long. And uh, so it's just a lot of headbutting. <laughs> big time. I don't care, you know, anybody that worked with him back then, uh, you know. You had to survive. Sure. And, you know, if you want to be with this uh, with this group, you're going to have to work hard and show up every day on time. And yeah. Because Blackheart always told me when he started working for Fausto and Eric, he comes from San Jose, and uh, they tell him, you better not be five minutes late. You better be here. Right on early. time. Yes. Over at the shipyard? At the shipyard. Okay. Yes. How fucking crazy. That would, I'd love to go back in time and yeah. just see that. So at the base, you know, back when I started going there to start picking up the trucks and stuff and uh the the missouri ship was there so the the navy base was like full-on service so they had a checkpoint before you go in okay so you had to have id yeah they still do i think Yeah, when you go in the bus yeah you know they they come in there they make sure you don't have no bags or yeah 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 they so you go inside you have to you know sign your way in yeah, you have to get in. Me so. and Zawanich used to edit the yeah. Thrasher videos out there at night. It was sketchy. So what happened was, uh, when I when I would go down there, I noticed they had all the the tools, machines like lathes and stuff, and because you know they made Spitfire wheels there later on. Sure. Uh-huh. You know, Ermico was there. Right. A lot of things were made at Ermico, but all these buildings that were d- there, they were like old shacks, but Fausto made use of the buildings. Right. You know, they were metal buildings, whatever it took to 
keep the overhead down. Uh-huh. That was pretty much the key. Yeah, I always wondered how he got in there. That's like kind of sacred ground. Yeah, yeah. Oh, big time. I mean, the like I said, the Missouri ship was there, so they had to yeah. keep things pretty tight. So, do you know how he got in in there? I have no idea. I never uh, asked him and Eric together. They'll figure it out. Yeah. So they were in there for a while. So what happened was before the mag uh, came out, I was already gone. The parks. Okay. Yeah, they they closed. I said, you know, it's time for me to move on. Yeah. A couple of years after, I think like eighty two, you know, I would go skating every once in a while, but it wasn't the same. Because yeah. I ended up getting a job, and uh-huh. it was just time. Because you know. Right. And so I ran into Fausto on Third Street. You know, he's getting gas. I was getting gas for my car, and uh, he goes, "Joe, you got to stop by the. I have a magazine now." So you know, he, inv- he invited me, you know, over to check out Thrasher, and it was still in the base at the time. In the shipyard. In the shipyard, correct. Okay. Yeah. Wow. You know, I I felt really you know uh, honored to be with Fausto because he would invite me over to his house uh-huh. up on Twin Peaks. You know. That's, you know, Gwen was up there, and what happened was uh, one time he invited me over, and, and uh, Mickey Alba was there. And I was just so, I go, no way. <laughs> and he goes, here, I want you to meet uh, Mickey here. I go, no, I know who you are. Because <laughs> yeah. he was just killing it right. already in magazines uh-huh. you know, back then, you know, um, from Upland. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And then Salva became Tony's godfather. Yes. Yeah. Yes. When I was making trips to Upland... You know, the Salbas would invite us over you know, to stay over their house. And so I was like part of the family. I mean, you know, it was the Indy family. Yeah, Fausto introduced me to, I was just always with Fausto at the contests, yeah. you know, with Eric. I mean, you know, they helped me out. And when I start skating contests, just to have the goddamn Indy shirt on, I felt so special. Yeah. Just the. Big family. Yeah, big family. Yeah. How sick. You know, I just had to, you know, start my life and start working. I ended up getting a, a forklift job for a floor covering company. Okay. And NSF. NSF here, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they did a lot of commercial, all the the hotels, like Sheraton Palace, the Fairmont, mm-hmm. any of the hotels. We did all the floor covering. So at the time, I just loaded up, you know, for all the guys. And later on, they go, "Oh, Joe, you want to help us at the job?" I go, "Sure." I think I worked there for four years. I became the foreman at the, for the jobs at oh, in, okay. in the high rises. Right. Yeah, but I so I start supervising all these guys. Uh huh. You know, and here I am, a young guy, but you know, making shit happen. And I think the first two years I su- supervised uh, for Christmas, I, I got a ten thousand dollar Christmas check. It's like wow, that's that's sort of sweet. And like near the end, I I started to uh, do a lot of side work on my own and. I yeah. built up my clientele, got my license, and I just sort of moved on. Cool. So. Going back a little bit real quick, I, f- I wanted Bryce told me to ask you about an ambulance ride to Winchester Skate Park. What was it all about, Crazy John? Oh, my goodness. The skater, Crazy John, we, we met, uh, I met him at the Jungle Bowl. Yeah, this guy, he was like in the martial arts, and he surfed a little, and yeah, so he ended up buying this uh, ambulance, and the interior, uh, the ceiling, you know, sometimes it has insulation. Yeah. On, and even on the side, it was all torn up, so there were so many goddamn fleas in this vehicle. <laughs> it's called a flea mobile. 
and we would still hop in there to go down to go skate. Uh-huh. We were just like diehards. Yeah. We didn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, there were one time, uh, Baron, he had an LTD uh, huge sedan. You know, back then in the 70s, those LTDs were huge, and we were on the way home, and it was dark, and we were on Highway 17 merging on the 280, so right. we had a big loop. So the car was leaning. All of a sudden, the goddamn car shorted out. Oh, Because I guess the connections on the battery yeah. <laughs> popped off, and it just starts sparking, arcing <sighs> on the... Yeah. That, the ambulance was the flea mobile? Yes, it was like an old international, <laughs> you know ambulance i mean it was old sketchy looking yeah i mean this thing was like huffing and puffing how funny (laughs) oh my god let's take a quick time out hear from some of our peeps and we'll be right back when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, uh, love you guys. Talking Schmidt is the shit. Um, uh, I want to do a shout out to a listener, uh, out of Stockton, ATV Killer. I think he moves, I want to say Colorado or something. Now he's got a bull in his fucking backyard. But this guy can do your manual in and out flips as well as kill a bull in your face. So, uh, I want to give it up to Kenny McOsborne out of Stockton and his fallen soldier, Jeremiah Kamstra. Uh, he says it himself. I say, who's your favorite skater? He says, my homeboys. That means a lot to me. Who's my favorite skater? Phil Shaw. Before he was a pro, he was fucking my homeboy. And let us come over to his ramp and just skate it. And it just was part of the fucking thing. Part of what we do. So I love everyone out there who stays positive. Take that black heart, make it red. Let's do this. Uh, do you remember like some of the music you guys were listening to at that time? Uh... You know, Tommy and Tony, they used to jam in their garage. They were jamming already at that eight, back then. Oh, yeah. This is, you know, this is, you know, during, you know, you know, Cal Priest, you know, skateboard team. Because they uh-huh. only live two blocks away from the, the shop there. Uh-huh. You know, and. That's so, Ninth yeah, and Judah, you said? Uh, ninth and Judah, okay. yes. Okay. Uh-huh. And, yeah, they lived on Seventh uh, and Irving. Okay. Seventh Avenue and Irving. You know, they, they start getting, you know, their gear and. Yeah, I think it was uh, uh, Dan McGee and the Guerrero Brothers and and somebody else. But, you know, I think by then, I think they had like, you know, I think they had like two bands, Jerry's Kids and Free Beer, you know, after. But the the music, you know, that we listened to, we went to the Fab Mab on, in Broadway. And with all the skaters, you know, I remember like the Dead Kennedys, you right. know, 999. So you would go to some of those shows. Oh, all the time. Was the Fab Mab the same as Mabuhay Gardens? Mabuhay Gardens, yes. It later became yes. that? Oh. So, you know, what was interesting was... Uh, God damn, that was a good time. You know, Ted Terrebone, he was all into the punk rock and stuff. And, and so every time we would make our trips to L.A., uh, Fred Blood, he was, a, he was a roller skater that skated pools and stuff. And every time we went there, I think he skated for Sims at the time. Mm-hmm. Because you know he was up in San Francisco doing a demo, and Brad Bowman, 
he was there. I think that was the first time I met Brad Bowman, and uh, he came up and we did a demo at the polo fields. All they right. had a mini ramp, so I, yeah, we did a demo there. Yeah, and Brad and you know later on we start meeting up and we, you know, we skate at the vert ramp in uh, Tahoe. You know, we, uh, we, we mile we, high, mile high, yeah. <laughs> skated there and did i did you the, go to that contest Tahoe, no, no by the Tara, time I, I was out of there but the ramp was there and we, so we made a trip up to Tahoe. Wow. i think scott foss was with us and yeah ted terrabone and Michael ted's Chantry. probably got amazing photos oh ted yes from those there from yes. that there so when we went to the, you know the fab map this is like so olsen start coming around Dwayne peters salba and what was interesting was, uh, you know, back then, none of us, none of those guys didn't have no uh, tattoos. Oh, <laughs> uh, what drew them to San Francisco? It was a Fausto. Oh. Yeah, Fausto would in- invite them. and So they'd come up and stay up here for a while. Yeah, and then, you know, Mofo was always with us. and Oh, right. So we were all together, and we all get in. Tommy, this he was probably like eight, nine years old, ten years old, <laughs> and he still got in. Here we are in the rafters up on the ceiling looking down on the stage. How cool. We were just, you know, throwing shit and it was... Does any show stick out to you as a memorable, like, oh man, this one was so... You know, by the time we got there, the music was so damn loud, I didn't know who the hell was playing. Uh (laughs) Did you see Dead Kennedys there? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was just so many different bands. Uh You know, it was just... Especially just with all the friends, everybody that we knew that were skaters. I think it was like uh, like four or five years back. You know, Dwayne, he came up to me. He was just loaded as hell <laughs> at the pool party. He goes, Joe, you, you know I always wanted to skate the goddamn jungle boat, but you guys never take me there. <laughs> I go, well, you were there, but I think it was by then it was gone. You know, or else I would have took you there. Yeah, because he used to hang around on Hate Street. He had a He was staying at somebody's flat. Oh, they really? had a flat there, so... Damn. And what's, yeah. What was the dynamic like when those guys would come up? Would they go out and... Um, what was their role just being up here? Testing the well, trucks? Well, you know, yeah, the, you know, testing the truck. Fausto just wanted to make sure the guys were taken care of. Uh-huh. You know, it was Salvo, Olsen, and Dwayne. Those guys are... You know, and Mickey. You know, they were like the main hardcore guys in Blackheart. I mean... Who else is going to be, you know? And none of them had tattoos yet. At that time. Wow. Then all of a sudden, you start seeing them the next couple of months. They start wearing platform shoes, <laughs> checkerboard, this and that. And Ted and I, we would go to uh, to L.A. Every time we go to uh, Hollywood, there was this uh, Chinese restaurant. You know, uh, I guess it was right next to call. It was uh, Madame Wong's. Okay. But they had like a punk band that would play upstairs and oh. here we are eating downstairs in the restaurant yeah you could just hear the ceiling just going off shaking uh-huh <laughs> the music was cranking and that's like uh lipo lounges kind of like oh that my they have the downstairs it was just rumbling it was Rad. just a lot of good times i mean do you got any favorite chinese restaurants in san francisco uh you know what actually we do a lot of home cooking wow do you yeah. ever go to house in nanking that's one of my favorites is that on Geary? It's right by China Banks on Kearney, kind of by Columbus. Uh, and uh, basically, you walk in, and uh-huh. the guy's like, what do you like? You like chicken? You like shrimp? You like this? You like that? Oh. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And then you sit down, and they come, and they bring you. You don't order. 
They no just way. ask you what. Yeah, it's pretty oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. I haven't gone to San Francisco Chinatown in so long. Okay. Yeah, back in '90 when I, you know, got married, uh, we had a banquet at the the Four Seasons in mm. Chinatown, big restaurant and capacity crowd. I think it's like 650. Damn. I think I had like 500 people there. <sighs> So at your wedding, just at the reception. At the reception. Yeah, because I had a private little wedding in Pacific Heights. Okay. Yeah, I had a really nice garden, little church that barely holds a like a hundred people. Uh huh. Special, so oh, so nice. I invited just my close friends. You know. O- okay. Yeah, when I got married, I was fortunate to already uh, buy a house. I bought like two houses before I got married. No way. So we were settled in and. <sighs> I think it was like the best move. Oh yeah! And real estate in the city. And the thing was, wow. the key for me was uh, to live there for sixteen years. Was the equity built up all the sixteen years? Yeah. And I always told myself, yeah, my house that I purchased was in Berkeley on the flats. Okay. And I told myself, you know, it'll be a dream to buy a house up in the Berkeley Hills. After that sixteen years, the equity went up so much. I go. I think it's time to make a move, and I bought a house, you know, up on the hills. Oh, yeah. How good does that feel? Yeah, you know, the thing was when I first bought my house on the lower flats, I invited all my skateboard friends over. We barbecued uh-huh. the first five weekends. <laughs> we played volleyball and basketball and barbecue. Party. I mean, everybody just had a blast. I was yeah, I was just so overwhelmed, you know, uh, just to bring all my friends back together, uh-huh. and we just partied. It was. Yeah, you've always been good about that. Like, you're always kind of in the loop as far as what you So A lot of times you're telling me what's going on. Like, Tommy's turning this. We're going to oh, have a party yeah. here. The, the Tim Brock is this weekend. So pretty much, um, I would, 2011, I went to the Tim Brock contest. Yeah. I've been to a contest in so long. You know, I checked out the skating. I go, wow, these kids are really amazing. So I was with Bob DeNike, and we were just checking things out, and... I go, man, you know what? I think some of these kids need some help. That's when I first seen Lizzie Romano. I think the year before, she ended up taking a fifth, and then she ended up winning that year. At Tim Brock? Yeah, the second time I went back to watch. And uh, I go, Bob, I think we need to help help her out. He goes, you know what? Uh, You know, I know there's a lot of kids, but I really don't want to help out. He goes, why don't you be in charge of that? I go, really? You know, this was after Fausto passed away. Uh Oh. You know, at the time, I didn't know who was, you know, you know, running, you know, independent or whatever. But Bob told me, he goes, hey, if you want to deal with the parents and the kids, I go, you know what? I deal with, I have two kids myself and yeah. I coach soccer, basketball, and I get along with parents. Uh-huh. But, you know, when he seen Lizzie skate, he wasn't going to turn her down. Yeah. But the thing was, I I didn't approach uh, Lizzie you know, during the contest. I think I got a hold of her on Facebook. Oh, and then I go, you know, uh, uh, would you like to ride the independent trucks? And she goes, what? Uh, you know, she's like pretty stoked. And I go, well, you know, things I I need to get a hold of your parents first. You know, so sign I sign off on it. Yeah, no, I mean, just to let her know that you know that we would like to help her out and yeah, not just you know she was under eighteen at the time, right? You know, since I'm a parent, I know, and I thought it was a great opportunity. You know, since Fausto and Eric was gone. You know, I've been with them, you know, pretty much from the beginning. Yep. You know, I felt honored. I go, hey. Yeah, me and Bryce were talking about it. And I think because I got to know Lizzie and Alicia kind of 
through you and the Chili Bowl. Basically, they started showing up at the Chili Bowl, and I was like, whoa, these girls rip. And then later, I started filming with Lizzie and Alicia and then went on to do a part with Lizzie. But I think you were one of the first people that I can remember encouraging women skating. Like, So, you know, after I talked to, to Bob, he goes, you know, when he gave me that opportunity, I start going down to SoCal and start scouting. Uh-huh. Is that how you met Alicia? Yeah, so I went to the the men's pool party first and I went to the AM. You know, I'm using my own money, but I go, shoot, you know, it's a good time for me to go down. I see all my old friends from back in the day. Yeah, it's always fun. Oh, it was special to see everyone and and so I start scouting kids from from CJ Collins to Kiko. I mean, you know, there's there's so many kids that I Haimana, I mean, you know, a lot of the young kids. I mean, you know, I seen Alicia, you know, I met her at the the men's pool party. Uh-huh. You know, that's when I actually went up because I told her I'm coming down. She goes, oh, okay, we'll meet during the, the men's pool party. And then later on, you know, I met her mom, Eva, and I got to know them well. And I start going down to watch the girls combi. So I asked Bob, I go, you know, can I bring some gear d- down? Ask Gwen, you know, if I could bring Thrasher and Indy gear down, mm-hmm. you know, at the time. And I would be like the only one helping out. I go, where's everybody else? Yeah. I mean, this is ridiculous. So all of a sudden, you know, I would bring all this gear down. I remember so, you brought, I don't know who made it, but that Fausto independent shirt, uh, the first one I saw was you gave it to me at the combi. The Fausto shirt? Yeah. The one that says uh, fuck it's, off on the back? Yeah, or? but it's like cursive Fausto, like a black shirt. You gave it to me at uh, at a combi bowl a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, I brought a lot of shirts down yeah, because uh, Bob, uh, when Fausto passed away, you know, Bob ended up showing up to the Tim Brach and he brought a lot of shirts, but I told him, you know what, I want to start having a memorial barbecue for Fausto. Uh-huh. You know, every year, you know, a skate and skate bash uh, barbecue you know, m- memorial, and that's when I started inviting Lizzie and Alicia, and, you know, a lot of people started coming up for that. Yeah. And, you know, so I've been doing that yearly. Rad. You know, just to remember Fausto and Eric, man. You yeah. Know, all the, all they done for us, and would you uh, share like one of your favorite memories of those guys? You know, Fausto. You, you know, he's pretty serious when it comes to business and that. And uh-huh. I think all the times I've been around him, you know, I never worked for him. You know, pretty much I would hang out and you know just you know skate or whatever. You know, he always asked me. He goes, Joe. You know what? I'm I'm really surprised that you could even walk because I, I do floor covering and here I am when I skate because I'm charging so hard and when I fall, you know, you would think, oh, I'm going to hurt my bones, but I, I never broke a bone or anything and they were easy to me. They, we never had no, you know, big arguments or anything. He, That's special. I, I, was, I was fortunate, but there was one time I walked into track magic. I was all happy. I go, hey, Fausto, I just turned 40. He goes, he goes, so fucking what? <laughs> I go, oh. <laughs> it's like, that's Fausto, man. I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. You know. And do you think those guys all got that from each other or they just were that kind of guy already and that's what drew them? Like, there's no denying that Jake, Blackheart, Fausto all had that kind of attitude. And I was always. Every fucking word out of Fausto and Eric. Do this and do that. You better get it fucking done. Yeah. This and that. It better be ready. I mean. Right. I mean, he had you on your toes. Yeah. I mean, if you heard a door, you better be doing something. Because, <laughs> I mean, at Track Magic, there were guys standing around. 
you know, Fausto will come and he'll tell him, pick up a fucking broom. Don't just stand there. Yeah. You know, just. And Eric doesn't get, I don't, and not in my world, he doesn't get as much credit as Fausto for all the things he did, but he was a very important part of the whole thing as well. Oh, no doubt. I mean, you know, Eric, he was, you know, pretty, you know, pretty shy, but he had all the great ideas. Uh huh. All the feedback to Fausto, but, you know, they were partners and, yeah. you know, I could understand he has to throw his sheer in too. Partners, you know, is not going to be perfect. I right. mean, you're going to have your up and down years and dealing with the Blackhearts and the Olsons and Dwayne Peters, man. Fuck. Lizzie said to ask you about your board slides, what a fong and roll is. You know, board slides, when I told you that I'd like to skate fast. Yeah. I mean, back then I did a, some long board slides back, you know, in 79. Uh-huh. You know, at Winchester. Like in bowls? In bowls, yeah. I mean, they were, yeah, they were. Did you used to count the blocks you would do? Oh, they or? would count the blocks, yeah. Oh, wow. I think, I'm not kidding. I, I did like 18 blocks at Winchester. Damn. Yeah. Taking I mean, I got cab. to the point. <laughs> oh, I, well, Cab was younger, but he was killing it big time. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, his moves, he was so smooth. So you but, were doing the board slides so well, yeah, did th- th- they that's start separate. calling him the fong and roll? No, no, no. There was a move that I did. It's a, like a set slide rock and roll. I'm standing goofy foot. I would go 45 degree like angle, high speed, going backwards on top of the, the coping. And set slide on top, going backwards, and then come down. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty much from the bottom. I'm already going backwards. Oh. And when I get to the top, I'm board sliding back and then overlap and, and then oh, come down. Oh, I see. Yeah. Right. And I had them down no at the, way. the Hester series. Yeah, during 1979, the the Hester opened. Uh, you know, I never skated doubles here. And Randy Caton from uh, Sacramento goes, Fong, let's go for doubles, dude. No way. I go, let's fucking do it. There were like 14 of the top M's and the, and the pro double teams were there. I think uh, we made our last run. We got a fourth place. Randy and I, we were like the, I think uh, Cab, he took first place in the doubles. Oh, shit. Yeah. And, but then, I mean, everyone was there from from Alva, I mean, to all the, the Dogtown teams. I mean, all the, right. Eddie Algira. I mean, Shogo, all those guys. Oh, shit. Yeah, George Horton. I mean, <laughs> Chris Dropel. I mean, all the heavy hitters. Uh-huh. And for us to take fourth place, I mean, it was like our home ground. Yeah. And, you know, I think that was that's, like the highlight that's of a contest. Sure. With all the big boys. And So you said you've been collecting things through the year. What's one of your most prized possessions in your vault? Prize uh, possession? Uh, well, you know, uh, Bryce, Tommy Guerrero, and I, we worked at... Uh, Skates on Hate, uh-huh. on Hate Street. Oh, and, you worked uh, there? Oh, we worked there for quite a few years. Okay. Yeah, I actually worked at the first Skateboard City shop. Yeah, back, oh my goodness, probably like 70, 75. No and back way. then, the Seal Bearing came out in 74. So I think I started working there like the end of 75. I think the hot selling board was a bonsai metal board. And it had like, uh, like Road Rider two wheels. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. you still have those? You know, I have a lot of stuff. <laughs> but I think my main board that I had was a uh, uh, Skates on Hate. They they had a, a Burton snowboard, the second one that came out oh. with the orange rope. They had the board there for a while, and it didn't sell. So they go, Joe, you want to buy this? We'll give it to you less than cost. I go, sure. 
So I think uh, Bryce and I, he already had a sim snowboard. So I go, oh shit, let's hit the snow because I I got this uh, Burton board. Let's, let's let's go try it out. And I think him and uh, Kevin O'Regan and I just us three went up and. So my Burton board, that thing just worked like shit. <laughs> it was, so I ended up putting that away in the uh, in my garage. And I think last year, well, I mean, when I first bought it, it was like $260. Uh-huh. I just sold it last year for over 13000 Wow. That was the second ever Burton? Burton board, yes. Wow. But you know what happened was uh, Jay Who Burton. Who bought it? Jay, Jay Burton. Burton? Jay Burton, he, he just passed away recently. Oh. So... That board is worth a lot more than thirteen thousand now. Probably, yeah. Who who bought the board? So a, a Canadian, uh, some collector. Snow, yeah, collector. Ooh, that's a come up. Yeah, wow. but but you know, Schmidt, you know, the first time I met the uh, uh, Jake was uh, at the Joe Lopes ramp. Oh really? And I, I had that's where I learned my uh, fong and rolls. No way! At the Lopes ramp. At Joe Lopes yes. ramp. Yeah, I had that shit down. I mean, every time I did it, I pulled it off. Uh-huh. And I made it go faster and faster. Right. And Jake, he goes, fucking Fong. I fucking, <laughs> how the fuck you do this shit? That's the first time I met Jake. Yeah. And I never even, I didn't know who he was at the time. <laughs> you know. Man, that, yeah. was a, that was a good scene at Joe Lopes ramp, yeah? Oh, yeah. You know, when things are, died out and you know, Falso had to make something happen. How know. cool were the Lopes? They were just like anyone could come by and skate, yeah? Oh God! It's total party house. I mean, people were on the roof watching the contest, and uh-huh. yeah, I mean, yeah. Was, His parents were totally into it. Oh, they were. They had barbecues, and yeah, yeah. They was, he was known for his barbecue. Oh, he had it, the graphics, and yeah. And then later on, you know, down the road, I found out he passed away. When somebody told me, you know, that his personal problems, I yeah. go, "Damn, that's that's a bummer." You Fuck know, yeah. Was I, you know, I was really close with all the the skaters. Was when I showed up at parks. <laughs> I would have gear uh-huh. in the back trunk. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, oh, Joe's got the pro shop. <laughs> Do you have the early thrashers? Yes, I th- I think I'm missing like a couple oh. the first year. Okay. But I the, ba- I, I, the large format ones. Correct. Yeah. yeah the those, ones that were, I but, got I got those. Yeah. I love, that's cool. Uh, true or false? You've been to every skater of the year party. No, I, I miss quite a few. Oh, you did. I went to the first one. You did. Yes. Where was that? That was at the brewery company on uh, brian street and with tony hawk Tony hawk, yeah and chef pierre kissed him yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> i've seen the video i was not there but yeah yeah i think i showed up a little later and yeah fausto and tommy they introduced me to tony because i never met him uh-huh they go oh, this is joe fong he one of the city you know one of our crew guys so yeah it was cool what was that like um at that time was that do you think that Tony Hawk thought it was a big deal? Was it just another party? Like, what was the Skater of the Year party, the first one ever? Well, you know what? I They just told me it was a holiday party. Oh. Pretty much. So that's probably what it was yeah, more so I like, a holiday party, yeah, not like I didn't even big, know. You're Skater of the Year? Yeah, they said, just make sure you show up, <laughs> you know, so. Because they haven't seen me in a while. And, you know, like I told you, like, 10 years ago, I, I started coming back around keep in touch with everybody and yeah bryce calls me like the biggest cheerleader <laughs> so yeah and i you know i i just felt honored to just help the kids and what fausto did to all the guys you know i sort of learned from fausto and eric and i just wanted to get back since you know they were from san francisco you know they started here and mm-hmm. i was with them from the beginning 
and uh, to know Bryce and Tommy, you know, how far they've gone. And it's cool. You know, it was special. I go, man, they're my buddies, man. <laughs> and it's, San Francisco's the best. It's yeah, just like, so, it's all from here and homegrown. Yeah. And that shit is awesome. What do you think about uh, the Olympics, skateboarding going to the Olympics this year? What, do you, what are your thoughts? The Olympics, you know, when X Games came around, they said all that shit is bullshit. <laughs> and that's how I feel about the Olympics. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, I knew they were going to bring it around sooner or later, you know, just throw it in and just see what happens, you know. What do you think is going to happen? I know a lot of my friends, they're all going to skate in the Olympics. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, I need to support them. Sure. Just to, you know, I mean, Good a, a friendship, you know, being yeah. supportive, you know, I, do you I think it's like, going to go over well, though? Do you think it's like you think we're going to get a skateboarding version of Sean White? Is Tom Shar going to be on a Wheaties box? Like, what's going to happen? Well, I mean, here we are, 2020. The opportunity is here. Uh huh. I mean, whoever's going to win, you know, Kiko, he's going to skate for the Philippines, and yeah. yeah, I heard Alicia had an opportunity to skate for the Philippines. Oh, really? But she couldn't get the paperwork. Oh, wow. Done and. And, you know, Lizzie, she's going to be skating, you know, for, you know, Finland, for right? Finland, yeah, uh-huh. for her dad. So I'm wishing her all the best and I hope she kicks ass. Yeah, me so, too. You know, I, the only girl to ever do the loop. That's amazing. That's amazing. I never seen that thing, but <laughs> it's so damn sketchy, man. Unbelievable. Lizzie is unreal. <laughs> yeah, that was such a highlight for me working on a video part with her, watching her in her prime dealing with so much media attention and kids that look up to her and the stress of filming her first ever video part and for thrasher it was a big deal and she handled it like a champion and i think it it holds its ground today with you know it's i was just so proud to be there and watch her do that it was cool and then to see her do the loop after that was just like oh, that's just that's unreal. our girl yeah, that's unreal <laughs> and her and axel yeah. are killing it buying a house in in long beach i think and yeah oceanside, or oceanside. Yeah, actually, yeah. yeah i did yeah actually i did some contract work for them yeah so yeah what happened was uh later on i asked lizzie and alicia i go hey you guys want to start skating in san francisco so i think one trip they end up catching the bus up and then later on i go shit i i think i better start get you guys airfare and this is the time i had my house up on the hills oh and so my daughter is like the same age as lizzie okay so you know they would stay over and but what happened was i i end up having uh my skate camp so that's right so i had lizzie and alicia help out and to help build that and then i told lizzie you know since you guys are coming up i'm gonna help you guys out i want to all the all the, you know the fees that I get from the kids is going to you guys. Wow! So that's I made sure generous. I took care. I fed them well. You know we didn't go to any fast foods or anything. Good food. You know I mean you know, I made sure I, I. Lizzie likes to eat. Proper. You know I, I told them, <laughs> and the girls like their boba of course. Yeah, <laughs> so. and they're good food. Yeah. Where was the skate camp? Was that in Berkeley? Well, I have a van as a fifteen passenger. Uh huh. My camp usually has like you know, like seven, seven, eight kids. But, I, you know, I make room for the skateboards and make sure everybody's comfortable in the van. Yeah. You know, so. Are you still doing it? I've been doing it for the last, yeah, eight, nine years. Oh, yeah. wow. But, you know, Lizzie and Alicia, they're so busy now. Yeah. Yeah, they, but we would go to like five different parks a day. Right. I asked the kids, wherever you guys want to go, we're going. And uh, I would have my little, 
grill with me and I would oh how cool you know just cook something at least I'll have a little something yeah uh, well you've been through a lot of generations of skateboarding do you have like a top three skaters of top three skaters that yeah, I that you like that special to you well you know what everybody's different they got different styles for different sure. tricks I think the style master has got to be Brad Bowman yeah he was always just so so damn smooth and uh-huh he just totally ripped and uh I like uh, Steve Caballero and Christian Asoy. Yeah, both of them are just hardcore. I mean, they just feed off each other. Yeah. You know, I you know, the first time I went to Marie, Marina Del Rey, I I met Christian and his dad. And, you know, Christian was probably only like 11 years old. You know, he was killing it back then. And, you know, and just over the years, I, I'm good friends with, you know, all of them. And, uh, it's neat. Yeah, it's, it's special. Yeah, you very. Know, I, I tell my son, you know, I grew up with all these guys skating, you know, and uh-huh. And he goes, wow, really? You know, yeah, what was so special was on my, right before my 60th birthday, Brad Bowman invited me to the, to the Malibu, the Clover Pool up in the oh, Malibu. Oh, I want to go there. Yeah, so. That's cool. Yeah. You got to go down there? So next time we go. Yeah. yeah. And uh, for our fish, fish tank enthusiasts, you had some fish in your time, right? Didn't you have arowana? Yeah, I had, you know, on and off over the years. Since I was younger, I just love fish i love and it i too. notice i remember i told you about that place in hayward right yeah <laughs> that place is awesome oh that my tropical god fish. yeah uh, <laughs> aquatic collection yes that's got, my favorite place now yeah oh, you're right the on. one that led me I'm to the that one that hooked you up yeah there. <laughs> sorry san mateo i don't go there anymore <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah uh yeah my hobby now is uh yeah the track magic uh oh right the uh you know, there's new owners. The carting. Uh, yeah, the, the former, uh, uh, the, one of the factory drivers, Jason Lapointe, he ended up purchasing uh, the Track Magic name. Oh, he license. did? Yes. Wow. So. So there, that that's reborn. Yes, and then the, uh, he sort of partnered with the the, the last uh, factory did, driver, was you? Gary uh, Gary Carlton. Okay. So Where are they doing it out of? The, the, uh, the carts, uh, Gary's... Uh, this is uh is in Sacramento. Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah. I'm really good at test driving. If you guys need a test driver. Well, you know, I'm restoring my uh the Are 2000 you? the factory Diablo now. Oh, you have I'm one. I'm in the middle. No way. And I have an 80 cc shifter also. Yes. So, yeah, I did the website for those guys when Fausto was alive. No, that's great. So that's how I yeah. knew George and all that. And them. you know when Track Magic won the Super Nationals in uh the 1999 you know, American cart. Yeah. Everybody was just blown away. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I'm going to try to have Mimo Gidley on the, sh- on the podcast. That'd be great. I talked to him at Scare of the Year party, and he said he was down. All right. That'd be cool. Yeah, I invited Mimo to the party. Yeah. Because I'm glad see he showed up, you know, to yeah. see everyone. Whew. Because, you know, he, he had that huge accident in the 24-hour Daytona, so. Yeah. And he, he's back, though. Nice. He's, is there anything else we should touch on? You know, uh, with Fausto and Eric, you know, I feel really, really fortunate that uh, I was, you know, there from the beginning and then see them progress with all Special the times. skateboard things, you know, you know, in the industry and, and to everyone that worked with them. You know, it was a great family. Mm-hmm. You know, we were all close and... I feel like that still Gwen and Tony and Sally, the Vitellas have been so family to me throughout all these years. And 
I can only imagine what it was like in the very early days, just like not even knowing really what they're doing and seeing success and building yes. upon it. It was fucking, I mean, this is it. So that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just to see, you know, Tony and Sally, you know, grew up since they were younger. And yeah. and I, I found some photos of, you know, Tony sitting in a go-kart. Yeah, <laughs> as a real youngster. Yeah, when he was younger. and Uh-huh. Yeah, we went to the Skater of the Year party. I, I'll never forget Tony and Stesic and me in a limo. And it was like a blind date for like the Hub of Wheels girls. Oh, uh, my goodness. It was so fun. Hey, what happened? To, I mean. I don't think Hubbo would fly in today's climate, maybe. You know, oh, if you're yes. a major corporation out there and you want to invest money in skateboarding, let's clear out fucking Bombora. Oh, let's, yes. <laughs> let's get some backhoes in there. Let's take out the dirt and let's have one big really? hurrah. I mean, it's, it's right in our area. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's waiting for us. What's a good song we could play to end the show with? You know, since I grew up in a city, uh, the song, uh, how about Brick House? Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I had lunch in high school, you know, we heard that song and it just sort of, it's a good song for me because I grew up in the hood. I thought it, that'd be special. Awesome. Yeah. Fuck, Joe, thanks so much for taking time out and coming down and spending some of your stories with me. Big love. I, I, I appreciate Thank it you, so Shmitty. much. Thanks again, Joe. All righty.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at TalkingSchmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper.